today we're going to continue in our series on Acts of the Apostles, excuse me, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles and through His Church. Uh, but where we're landing today, following from the last um, time we, we, about two weeks ago, um, been in the book of Acts, is related to um, giving and, and money, and, and it's kind of a theme for this Sunday. So again, I believe God has a very particular message in mind for us as a church family and those who are listening to hear in regards to um, giving and in regards to our possessions, our property, and all of those things. So let's, let's dive into His Word today. The title for today's message is Stewards and Swindlers. Not necessarily something that we talk about often, swindlers, but let's look at this more in depth and start with today's Bible quote coming from Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It's a truth that we've probably heard if you've been coming and going to church services and listening to sermons, but it is so powerful in its principle and in the the word that God's bringing to us so relevant for us today to really heed and, and listen to. Stewards, let's give some definitions of stewards and swindlers. God gives this concept of stewards in the Bible, a biblical concept of it. In the dictionary term, we'll see that stewards are pe- people who manage others' property or financial affairs. So stewards, they don't view money or their possessions as theirs. They believe and they see all that has been given to them is exactly that. It's been given to them and it belongs to God. And, and that of which belongs to God, we have been privileged to then steward and manage for the purposes of God's kingdom. We use those things that God has given to us that supply our needs and they take care of us, but more importantly, to go and bring the kingdom of God into the lives and hearts of people, meeting needs, showing the very love of God and His greatness and His goodness to those around us. Right? That is what a steward sees as they look at the things that God has given to them. So they are servants of God. They serve God in this way. Swindlers, on the other hand, they are enslaved to money. Okay? Swindlers, if we look at a dictionary definition, they basically use fraud, deceit, deception to get something of value from other people. That thing of value can be money, but it can be things like prestige. It can be things like um, 
significance and purpose and security, anything that is of value, a swindler views money and riches and properties and possessions, one, as their own, and they guard it very, very closely to them, but they also see it as not enough. Okay, It's not enough. They have to get more. Because having more will get them what they need. So they will go out and try to get more in some ways, any way possible. And, and because they're so deceived in themselves about this view of money, they're enslaved to it, so they believe money is what's going to get them the life that they want. And because they're deceived in this way, they will also deceive others. This is the difference between stewards and swindlers. Yeah. So let's get into... The first point this morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 5, but we're going to read a little bit before where we ended last time in Acts chapter 4. If you remember, if you've been following along in the series, Satan had tried to take out what God was doing in the church. Um, Satan's strategy was to persecute the church, to use external forces to discourage the church from meeting, from professing the name of Jesus and his resurrection. But did it work? It didn't work. In fact, it did the very opposite. It made the church grow even more. It made the church expand, magnify the name of Jesus all the more, and multiply. It just got bigger. So what we'll see here is that Satan is going to switch strategies from attacking from the outside to attacking inside. And I believe this is a very important word for us to hear this because God shows us a very clear message of what to beware of. Because this is more dangerous than an outside attack. Okay? So the church at this time, right now in Acts chapter 4, we will, we will read that, that they, they were of such a, a unity of heart and mind that they were experiencing the grace of God in great abundance. And there were actions and attitudes that were coming out of them that was truly otherworldly. It was, it was not seen anywhere in the world. Let's read here. And here's the first point. And we're going to contrast the difference between stewards and swindlers because these two passages do that. They're going to talk about um, godly way of giving and a not-so-godly way of giving. Okay, And that's one of the main points here. So stewards, they surrender the whole of their life to Jesus. Every aspect possessions, property, the, the money that we have, but also including things like reputation and our family and our job, everything. When we say fully surrendering, a steward of God has given over fully their lives to God. And they walk in accordance to this day after day after day. However, we will see that swindlers... They manipulate. They try to control. They try to use things like deception to get the things that they want. 
And before you say, oh, I'm not a swindler, please listen to the heart and the viewpoint. We're not calling anyone a cheater. We're not trying to call anyone a fraud. We're not doing that. But this is about the heart matters, okay? And so listen with your heart open, if, if you will. So we'll start in verse 32 of chapter 4. And again, we're reading from the New Living Translation. It reads, all the believers were united in heart and mind. And so the work of God has been so powerful that they were united in one heart and mind. (laughs) This is something only the Spirit of God can do. Nobody else can make this happen. It's done by the Spirit of God. And once this happens, this is evidence. There's an evidence of this, and this is what we're going to read in the next sentence. It says, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. And there was a specific example of a man named Barnabas. So I'm going to skip to verse 36. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And this Barnabas, we're going to see throughout Acts. I think he's mentioned like 25 times throughout Acts. Five times to the rest of the apostles. He, he, epistles, excuse me. It's a, he's a man who has a, a sincerity of heart that has the gift of encouragement, and it's a powerful ministry. So it, it, this is where Barnabas is introduced, and it reads here of what he did. He was from the tribe of Levi, came from the island of Cyprus. Verse 37, he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So here's what's happening. Because of the Spirit's work in the believers, uniting them in one heart and mind, what came out of that, what was produced out of that, was this joy of knowing that God was their provider. God was the one who is giving to them everything. And so they had this mind of a steward that we're talking about, that what they owned was not their own. And so they simply shared that. And the Bible tells us that there was nobody in need because of what happened. This was not a system that they came out with. This is not a system that they developed, okay? And so we have to be aware. I know there's a lot of good intention Christians that say, oh, this is so great. Let's take this as a model and live in this way. That's not how they did it. This came out of the unity and the work of the Spirit of God in them where they voluntarily, willingly did this. And it, and it worked. And it was not a system, but a movement of God's Spirit within them. Because this is not something that was required of the believers, nor did the apostles solicit these things for the believers. No, they simply did this because they were motivated by love. They wanted to. This was so, the the grace of God was so powerful within them that they simply said, here, Lord, we've surrendered everything to you. And the apostles were just given the responsibility of doing the distributing. That's what we see here happen. And in the very next verse, which starts in chapter 5, there's a big but, okay? The grammar. 
of but in contrast, it says in verse five, or excuse me, in chapter five, verse one, but there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. So this but shows that there's two examples happening here. Of, oh, because in, 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 on the outside, everything seemed to be the same. Both Ananias and Sapphira and Barnabas, they sold something. And they took the money and they brought it to the apostles. Everything seems exactly the same, but for Ananias and Sapphira, they were doing it with the wrong heart, with the wrong motivation. What was their motivation? Well, they're not here for us to ask, but here's some possibilities. They looked at Barnabas, who did this with a genuineness because he was filled with God's Spirit. He did this, and, and perhaps there was a, a sense of, of notoriety and tension. Wow, look at Barnabas. Whoa, this amazing what God's doing through Barnabas. And perhaps Ananias and Sapphira wanted that. See, this is the, this is the heart of a swindler. Okay, The heart of a swindler looks to gain something in a way that is deceitful, in a way that is um, uh, uh, by, not, not truthful, right? And why they do is because they want to gain something for themselves. They haven't surrendered completely their lives. Yeah? So they use their means of property and money as a way of getting something that they really want, which was probably prestige and a good reputation, Barnabas wasn't out there for his reputation. But instead of truly giving this money to feed the poor, what they were doing was feeding their own pride and their own ego, right? And that's what happens when we have and view money in this way, is that we start to manipulate. I know that's a strong word, but it's very true. Because when we, when we look at money as a way of getting things for ourselves, the security that we want, the prestige that we want, the life that we want, the love that we want, all of these things, what we will do is we start to manipulate and manage people's perception by the things that we buy, by the things that we use the money for, and this starts to result in not a life, but death. Here's our second point. Stewards bear life. Swindlers bear death. It's simple, but it is such a powerful truth that we see here in the scriptures. Then Peter said in verse 3, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. After selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias, Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Verse 11, great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. It was better if Ananias and Sapphira just did not even do this. 
because they were under no obligation to give. But what they did was they blatantly not lied to the church and those people around them. They lied to God. In fact, it says later um, in, in the verses that we didn't re- read, but that both Ananias and Sapphira, they conspired to test the Spirit of God. What does that mean? It means they disobeyed God and saw, deliberately disobeyed God and saw how far they could go in their disobedience without God doing anything. Here's the thing, God's holiness is just as his nature, just as much as his nature as his grace. In fact, the grace of God, the more it is in our life, should express the very holiness of God in our life. And God's holiness for his people, he takes very seriously. Very seriously. Okay? And because here's the thing, not only is God a jealous God for his church because he purchased us with the blood of Jesus Christ, but he also knows that we've been placed here to glorify God, to express the very nature of who God is. And if there is hearts in the body of Jesus that Satan uses from within, that if Ananias and Sapphira was to gain the same notoriety and influence as Barnabas did, it would have really destroyed and rotted the body from within. It bears death. Swindlers, this way of viewing money as a way to get something from me or for what I can get, the life that I want, bears death. But those who've fully given over they're all the whole of their life to Jesus. Well, that, my friends, bears life. This is how we are to give and to live. Here's in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. So here's my challenge to us, church. And kids, this week we don't have a shekel kind of um, assignment for you because it's not in the spirit of today's message from God. And it's not aligned with this with this challenge that I have, this task for I have for us as a whole body, adults and kids alike. Here's the challenge. Go give to somebody in need this week. As it says in 2 Corinthians, do it thoughtfully and with purpose. Do it with a decision in your heart, not feeling pressured or like you should do it, but with a cheerful heart because that's who God is. Go and do that. Let's, let's to this week, I know we do this, we're to do this all, this all the time in our whole lives, but let's, let's take what God's putting in our hearts and let's, let's give to somebody in need this week. No matter how, it doesn't matter how small or how big, the amount doesn't matter as we see here. It doesn't matter the amount, just the heart. That's what God wants to do in us to transform with us, to show us that truly it is better to give than to receive. So that is my challenge for us together this week, to give to somebody in need.